Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. We're talking about a topic today which has actually received a lot of press and buzz in the United States lately. And I think a lot of it came off the back of the Brene Brown TED Talk. So if you haven't seen that, you might want to um, Google it as part of your research for this topic. B-R-E-N-E, Brene Brown. Um, her TED Talk garnered a massive number of hits, more so than many of the other TED Talks. And it's the theme of it is vulnerability. From there, she went on to Oprah. Um, I'm sure she's got a book. I don't actually know, Jane. Oh, I'm not sure no, about she that, may, but I loved her talk. Everyone's loved got it. a book. Um, <laughs> so this is a woman that you might want to read a bit more about what she believes because I feel that she's actually kick-started this movement. Now, of course, of course, Jane and I have known about this forever, haven't we, Jane? The importance of vulnerability. Vulnerability is a very important spiritual virtue, but I love the fact that the whole world at the moment is currently trying to understand what it means. So what is it about the state of the world at the moment, Jane, which is you know, it's so important that we're currently craving vulnerability. Why have we lost it? What's going on? We've become so numbed out on life. We've just been busy, 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 and it's not giving rich and fulfillment in our lives. And so what we're wanting with our relationships is deeper, richer, more loving connection. And how do we get that? We get it from vulnerability. Now, vulnerability is one of the scariest things for most people because we interpret it as meaning I could be hurt, I could be chewed up and spat out, you know, I might my I might be ramroded. And particularly, you know, when we look at the world in terms of business and corporate and politics, vulnerability ain't cool and it doesn't appear to get you places. It doesn't appear, but it does. And this is what I'm excited about. I'm actually looking forward to this vulnerability movement moving into the corporate world, mm. moving into politics, moving into business, moving into employer-employee relationships. It's really about caring for people, looking after people, being responsible for your interaction with another person. And vulnerability, I actually demand it in my closest relationships. If vulnerability is not there, then I don't have rich authenticity within a relationship. Therefore, they become somebody that's a sometimes see, not somebody that I wish to have in my life all the time that is a required person in my life. And I think that what the biggest hurdle for vulnerability is, someone has to go first. So how do we get the courage to go vulnerable first? What does it look like? How do you demonstrate it? I always think it's a safe thing to start with just gentle vulnerability, something that you have got resilience to but it is something that you'd like to share about yourself with another so that they can have the opportunity to now look at, am I going to be respectful of this information? Am I going to be sensitive to this with my, my friend or my coworker or my family member, whoever it is that you're, you're dealing with here? And then as you give the opportunity of a gentle shared vulnerability, you then have the opportunity to witness and gather evidence of how this potential new rich friend or acquaintance, however they are, how do they handle that? How do they respect that? Do you see evidence within your relationship with them of their respecting this about you? And as they do, you start to feel safer with them. As you feel safer with them, they too will start to feel safe with you. And you will start to connect in a kinder, more heart-centered way. Right. So to get back to the bare bones of vulnerability, when you said, you know, what does it look like? So, I mean, you know, the first image that comes into my head might be somebody sort of 
crying and stammering and kind of wearing their heart on their sleeve, but it doesn't actually need to be that literal. It doesn't need to be that dramatic. No. No. It can no. be as simple as what, Jane? Well, it could be something like, um, can you, you know, I have to share with you that I am actually quite a sensitive person and so I find that my feelings do get hurt quite easily and, you know, I'm really enjoying getting to know you and our relationship is growing and I just would like you to know that about me so that you can be aware. Okay, so it it might be admitting things about yourself that you ordinarily might want to hide or or not want to admit to, be embarrassed about. Perfect. Shadow side or things like that. Things that that you protect yourself Hmm. about. Okay. And so that now this person, I don't need to protect that. They might say something to me and I can say, oh, I'm feeling a bit of a sting. I'm a bit of a sensitive soul, remember? And they'll go, oh, my gosh, so now you've paved the way for greater clarification. What was it you actually really meant about that? Now the relationship is getting more authentic. Now, let's look at vulnerability in a corporate context. If you've got a boss who's a bully or if you're in a really hard-ass environment, um, how do you think vulnerability can be gently you know, eased out, come out to play, Jane? Okay, by teaching the bully how to get the best behaviour from you. So I would, in that scenario, use an example of saying, you know, I really get that we've got deadlines to meet here, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. I just felt that, you know, I really love the opportunity of working for this corporation and it's inspirational and it's exciting and whatever it is. However, I would like to just share with you that for you to get the best from me, and I really want you to get the best from me, it is best if you can if you can give me some time. So rather than perhaps give me the deadline with only half an hour to go, if there's any possibility of you giving that to me with two hours to go, I'm going to be able to perform so much better for you. So actually you're making it feel like they've won, right? That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> I've just told them how to be an awesome boss. <laughs> but there's a win-win. Yeah. But at the same time, I've shared my vulnerability. I don't handle half-hour deadlines well. I react to them. I panic. I Whatever it is I do. So therefore, if you could do this the majority of the time, I realize you can't do it all the time, but if you could the majority of the time, I'm going to be super productive for you and that's going to be a win for both of us. Okay. So how do we talk about vulnerability for people who are already highly sensitive, break into tears at the drop of a hat, worried about what everyone thinks and walk on eggshells in their lives. What does vulnerability mean for those people? Okay, well, those people actually have to build resilience. They've already got vulnerability down, right? That's it. <laughs> but not in, a, not in a safe but and not healthy way. not in a healthy way. way. Yeah. That's right. So unfortunately, people who are in that particular phase of understanding their sensitivity, and, and if you are like that, please go back and have a listen to one of our podcasts called the highly sensitive person, loads of tools and tips there to help um, help you to manage your sensitivity. But if you are at that point where, you know, you do cry at the, the drop of the hat, that, that your feelings are hurt so, so easily, it really is important that you learn to build some resilience here. Now, wonderful book, The Four Agreements, a very, very simple book called, uh, yeah, called The Four Agreements. It's written by a man called Don Ruz who is an ancient uh, spiritual leader from the Toltec tribe in Mexico. Very simple, uh, four agreements are be impeccable with your word, do your best, don't make assumptions, and don't take things personally. Now, the two that sensitive people really consistently have trouble with is making assumptions and then taking things personally. So the tears come because they've made an assumption that actually was all about them. And they've not learnt to build compassion and resilience through understanding the other person's story. Right. So while they might feel they're sensitive and the world is a scary place and that, you know, I get hurt very easily, 
it's also like, yep, well, you know what? I get that. I totally get it. Been there, done that. That's been my last story. You've got to build your resilience and you've got to stop taking things so personally. So it may not actually be about you. You actually are lacking in true empathy. You might have compassion, but you haven't got empathy where you're able to jump into somebody else's skin and get what's going on potentially with them. So you're taking it personally. So I think that one of the things about vulnerability that, let's say, the Western world is finding really hard to get their head around is is the fact that it's it's a very, very sort of mysterious concept because within vulnerability comes a deep inner strength as well. And so it's a balance that we're, we're not quite used to sitting in. We understand, you know, put on your power suit and sit on your throne and make demands. We understand that kind of power. We don't understand how, like Jane illustrated a little bit earlier, about how you can actually get the results that you require through the softer, more vulnerable stance, the, that, that approach. And I, one of my theories, certainly from a spiritual point of view, is, you know, ever since about 2002 when the planets were doing all sorts of amazing things, um, you know, the world has been flooded with a really big wave of feminine energy. It's the return of the, the sacred goddess, the return of the divine. Even books like Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code, which came out and were worldwide bestseller, you know, for a reason. It was a trashy airplane novel, but it talked about the the sacred feminine coming back in a big way to the globe, you know, as mirrored by the feminist movements, as mirrored by lots of this sort of stuff. And, of course, one of the biggest uh, virtues or characteristics, if you like, of the divine feminine is the power of um, – it's, it's, it's holding power in the softest, subtlest way, which is vulnerability, right? So it's a really, really difficult thing to kind of get your head around. If we look at – Let's, for example, say women in the world who've got this mastered. I would say, for example, for example, Beyonce Knowles. She's very sensual. She's a real woman. She's really, really, really feminine. But you can't imagine that she'd do anything she didn't want to do. That's right. She's in true goddess power. But she doesn't have to go out and stamp on people, break heads off, or be a bitch. She can actually do it from. She can speak her, from, you know, her heart. She can speak her truth. She can be a little bit vulnerable, but she cannot budge. I love so that. you can understand these sort of examples. Another friend of mine reckons that uh, Dame Judy Dench is and and uh, Hel- Helen Mirren are oh, other examples. Oh yes, nice examples. Yeah, yes. and of course I would always you know throw back to Oprah, who is another example of somebody who has a really big heart, isn't afraid to cry, isn't afraid to help and be a real earth angel, but the buck stops there. You know, she's also she won't compromise or she won't um, you know negate herself on the things that her soul feels is the most important of all. And there's vulnerability in that tied in with personal power and strength. There's this whole new mix. It's this whole new combination we need to figure out. It's quite exciting. It is. I love this concept. I really do love it. Because the ballsy power is actually the fake power. That's right. And the reason that we have trouble sharing vulnerability is because we are so used to living in a world full of passive-aggressive manipulators. We've got control. We've got people that are absolute control freaks. We've got people that are manipulating here, there, and everywhere. We don't trust. We have lost our trust in people. So how do we get our trust back? Through vulnerability. It's going to sort out who can I trust, who can't I? But if we had a movement where everybody in the world committed to vulnerability and committed to respecting others' vulnerability, we've just lost control and we've lost passive-aggressive behaviour. We've lost manipulation. It's all gone. So the one thing Brené Brown talks about a lot as being very closely connected to vulnerability is the concept of shame. So it's this idea that, you know, if I'm vulnerable, 
Um, I, like we sort of touched on before, I might be revealing a part of myself which is ugly or not conducive or not helpful. It's going to slow things down. It's going to be dangerous for me. I'm going to put myself in a line of fire. If people know this about me, they're going to use it against me. Correct. That is the biggest fear. Correct. If they know this about me, they'll use it against me. So if this boss knows that I don't like deadlines of half an hour, he's going to just have a bad day and he's going to pick on me and I'm going to be blah, blah, blah. And a lot of shame about actually deep down fearing who we really are. You know, if people saw me, like I think you just said, they, they wouldn't like me, maybe I'm not good enough, can I really trust myself, how much do I believe in myself, inner strength and all of those concepts. So these are all really t- tightly wound up in the whole concept of vulnerability. So I think sometimes we need to work on our own demons to even get to a point where we can feel safe to, to, to be transparent. Okay, so how so, do we do that? We we look at the shadow work. Yeah. I want to reference, I know I've referenced it before, but lovely Debbie Ford's book, uh, The Light Side of the... Sh- no. Oh, I can, I, I, Light the Side dark, of the... Something. Shadow Worker. You'll find shadow, her. She's very famous. The Shadow Side of the Light Worker. I'm sorry. I read it so long ago and uh, it's such a cool book. This is where we start to understand the things about ourselves that we've buried in the basement. So I'm going to use sensitivity because that's been my thing in life. So for 40 years, I saw that as such a negative thing, a quality that I did everything I could to hide from people. Why? Because I was ashamed of it. Do you reckon they knew anyway, Jane? Oh, of course. I could. I was the girl that was bursting into tears at the top of a hat. <laughs> yes. Totally. Yes. It's only in delusion for myself How, <laughs> how we fool ourselves, right, that we think Absolutely. that we're actually pulling Absolutely. the wool over yes. everyone's eyes. Yes. Or in my worst, I was, you know, the, the bull-breaking, horrible bitch that was protecting myself right so being there done that so I own it all but I can share that with whoever is listening and I don't even know who's listening to this podcast I don't even know how many people are listening to it but I can share that vulnerability because I now have embraced these qualities as the positive so while for many years I saw sensitivity as a negative thing something to be hidden and be ashamed of and I had it buried in my basement to heal myself as part of self-love and growth, I had to pull that out of the basement. And I did that by having a look at sensitivity. Now, I can tell you all the bad things about it. I could have reeled that list off so fast it wasn't funny. What were the good things about, what were the positive things about sensitivity? So then as I started to explore that, I got a list that was so fantastic and fabulous that I embraced this quality in me, that I suddenly became very, very happy with it. I then, sorry, I just got distracted. Sorry. Bex hot and she's asking me to open the door. Open the door, Jane. Thanks, Interrupting my train of thought here. I know. Okay, so what happened from there was I found that the excitement of having this quality now outweighed the negative. Now, the negative's still there. I've worked a lot on building resilience so I don't burst into tears as much, but it's still there. I can still have my feelings hurt, not as easily, but I still can. But I'm not ashamed of this any longer because it's the positive. You need to be who you are as well, you know. It's not about, oh, I've found out this quality of myself and I'm going to stamp it out. It's it's actually about integrating it. You can't I, stamp it out. No. It'll actually just rear its ugly head when you least want it to. <laughs> Come back and bite yeah, you. That's it. That's how we learn to love yeah, our shadow side. That's how right. we learn to love, so we learn fully to, love ourselves. We learn to accept that part of ourselves and to see the gift in what that part of ourselves brings. So for you, being sensitive is good because why? Oh, it's creative. It's empathetic. It lets me understand and richly connect with people, with my coaching practice. It has so many gifts. It's not funny. And so that, that was a celebration. But let's use something that. Well, hang on. I was going to ask for the listeners' benefit. So then how has, can you give an example of a time when you've 
you've been vulnerable in more recent years, having now admitted that you're HSP, highly sensitive person. Yep. You've been vulnerable about that in a situation and it's been for the, for the, the better, for the good. Can you think of a time when you've had to admit that to maybe a stranger? Or oh, the most recent was doing this podcast and how inundated we got with the emails of thank you. Right. Was being able to talk freely about this and helping people to understand the negative parts of it and how to manage that. Mm. But more excitingly, how to see it as the gift it truly is. Right. And stop feeling like there's something fundamentally wrong with you. So that has been the greatest thing is by me embracing it in the positive has enabled me to actually help other people to do the same. Beautiful. And that doesn't get any better than that in life, quite frankly doesn't get any better. Beautiful. But let's use this yeah, let's use a quality that's not so instantly apparent about what's great about it. Judgment. Now this I could be a pretty judgmental cow. It's one of your favourites actually, isn't it? It is, it is. Well it's actually the number one self sabotaging behaviour I see of people wanting a rich relationship or particularly single people who are wanting to date and have a relationship. The number one reason is they make inaccurate judgments, so inaccurate assumptions. What, what Jane means is they rock up at a cocktail party, they survey the room and they go, right, there's no one here for me and they leave. That's it. <laughs> I know it always makes me laugh. Sometimes even maybe two oh. hours into a conversation, they'll go home and say, that dinner party, there was no one there for me. Okay. I know, it's really funny. There's a whole book written about this, Pride and Prejudice. Like it's it, The whole book is written about two people's inaccurate judgments in the first chapter. And Actually, know, or we could talk about my book, How to Get the Date. That's got over 50 chapters of inaccurate judgments yeah. of what's going on. It's a big thing. It is a big thing. It's a, it is the number one thing. Now I've digressed from where I was going. Okay, so judgment is an, as a shadow quality, as a negative. So you've buried this. You don't want people to know that you're really judgmental. You're in your mind. You're judging everyone, judging every person that walks past your desk at work, every person that walks past you in the coffee shop, every person that speaks to you. You're judging, judging, judging. You don't want people to know this about you. And you actually feel quite shameful of how negative you are about other people. You hide it from people. What if we pull this quality of judgment out and let's have a look at it in the positive? How in your life has that played out as a wonderful positive thing? Now, without judgment, I can't be the parent I am. Without healthy judgment, I can't choose beautiful people to have in my life with rich connection. Without good judgment, I can't have the vitality and health that I share. And so on it goes. So you find your quality and you write your positive list. And I don't care what it is, there is a positive to everything. Just like with every positive, there is the negative. Always is. So as you then embrace the positive, now, instead of hiding from the world that you can be judgmental, you now celebrate that that is a healthy quality to have. Now, if you chose, you could actually share with somebody a bit of vulnerability of, you know, I can be really judgmental. I'm working on keeping that in the positive. However, I have a game plan of, I have a, I have a reactionary behavior of being judgmental in the negative. And I just thought I'd share that with you. So, you know, there you go. And they might say, all right, well, do you want me to help you with, if I find that you're being judgmental in the negative, do you want me to pick you up on it and, and gently remind you and you can spin it to the positive? Great. We've just shared a, a, a vulnerability. We've had somebody come in to assist, to help you, to master it in the positive, and now you can let go of the negative. So vulnerability has now created even more self-growth. Because Jane talks a lot about the concept of gathering evidence. So if you're new to being vulnerable and you need to try it out in a few different situations in life, maybe with the mother-in-law or the man in the shop or your own children or the person at work, you can start to just... Bring it out in jibs and jabs and you might not always get there and it might not always be easy the first time or feel quite right. Um, but as Jane says, it's the gathering evidence of 
that it's safe. So when you speak your truth or you show that side of yourself, the world's not going to come and, you know, like in the old days, you're not going to be burnt for being a witch. The tribe's not going to turn on you and rip your head off. You know, it is actually very, very safe. It's safe for us to begin to be who we really are and feel really secure and powerful in that. It is 2013 and it is absolutely safe. It really is. And one of the beautiful things, if we come back to this scenario with the boss that I threw out earlier where I said, you know, I need deadlines of two hours, not not half an hour. If he actually does decide to play a game with you, you've actually now authentically got the power to be able to say, you know, I did share this with you. Can I just remind you again, this is how I operate best. And now if he continues to only give you half hour deadlines, you can actually call him on it. It's now bullying. Because you've actually spoken your truth of how you wish to be treated. And if you are not treated and it is a respectful, genuine, genuine request, you can't be irrational in your request. But if it is a genuine request and that is then not respected, we've moved into bullying territory and that brings out a whole different result. So he can no longer play that bullying game. Right. You know, it's a win. It's a super, super win. Yeah. And that's what I mean by safe. This, we have moved in the last however many years with bullying policies, with, you know, health work safety um, coordinators, and I'm not getting the language right here. It's it's a long time since I've worked in corporate. Mm-hmm. But it, we do have the systems in place now where the language can be used authentically and very powerfully to actually have the right to be authentically you. Now, there's another expression of vulnerability that I want to talk about, which doesn't necessarily need to be words or confrontations or arranging things. It may have to do with being who you really are, right? Okay. So, so let's talk about being vulnerable to um, wearing an outfit to a party that you know people might comment on, but you really, really want to because it's who you are. Or putting something crazy in your front yard like pinwheels and gnomes or (laughs) this is about authentic individuality yeah and setting up maybe a a career so maybe following a passion maybe you always wanted to be a potter or a sculptor and your mum and dad said that's not a real career and everyone said those people are wackos Uh, but you know that's a part of you that's just dying to come out and be expressed and it's very vulnerable for you to have to say I've just started a pottery class or I I made you a sculpture for your birthday do you like it that might be really scary for you but that's a whole nother way of being beginning to, to boost or bolster. Oh, you just reminded me of when I was painting canvases and I, you know, I, I used to paint a lot and did several hundred of them, but the first time I showed somebody my paintings, it's very vulnerable. Absolutely. Very vulnerable. But it comes back to your power, your joy, your purpose. I wanted people to like my work. I really wanted them to like the paintings. However, if they didn't, tough love. I liked painting them and I'm painting more. It would certainly help if they liked them because they could buy them and then get more canvases and keep going. Yes. However, it doesn't actually matter. So it's knowing who you are and being okay with that. Do you want to be the crazy lady in the street that has a million gnomes in your front garden? (laughs) Now, if you want to be that and you're okay with that, then just do it. A lot of people want to be that, but they're not okay with it. And they're not okay with it because society has conditioned us with so many fears and beliefs about what will people think? What will mum and dad think? What will my best friend think? You know, what will the people over the fence say? What will the people at the tennis club say? And Okay, well, I would suggest they're gently, gently, softly and gently. One gnome at a time. One gnome at a time. <laughs> One far out weird outfit at a time. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. One pottery gift at a time. <laughs> 
it's funny though because I can think of examples of people who've actually radically changed their life around almost overnight fearlessly they've just gone and done it because something in them snapped and they no longer care I can think of a friend who told me a story years ago her whole school experience from primary right through to high was about being bullied and she finally got to her last year of school year 12 and in the summer holidays before she went back she just finally got to this point where she's like nobody likes me anyway so I don't care. So she actually turned fully goth and she used to go to school. This is in the eighties. She'd go to school with the net gloves, the wow. black eyeshadow, the teased up hair, like Edward Scissorhands. Like she did the whole thing because she just thought, I've got nothing to lose. Everyone's decided what they already think about me. And I mean, guess what happened? All the kids at her school, and she learned this as well when she went back to her high school reunion, they said to her, I thought you were so brave. I thought you were amazing. They thought she was so cool. So yeah. that's what happens. I know. I love because that. Because when people truly let their true self shine out, other people turn around and go, wow, look at that charisma. That's why we love people on stage. That's why we love celebrities. That's why we love musicians because they're not afraid to, sh- to wear their heart on their sleeve, to show who they really are and say, I don't care if you don't like it. I don't care if you disagree. I don't care what you think. I have to be me. I love this. I love it, love it, love it. It's exciting. So that person is obviously, you know, when, when we have been suppressed so long, and you want to bust out, some people will make very fast radical change and that's exciting. And that is, that's just where they've really fed up, they've had enough and out they bust. However, if you're not as brave as this wonderful girl who went goth overnight, (laughs) then gentle, 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 slow, easy, feel your way through it, build your resilience at the same time and be it. Be vulnerable be authentic. It can take years. And sometimes, you know, like I'll meet somebody in their 40s or 50s or 60s who I think is living the most beautiful looking life. Like they've got a lovely house, a lovely garden. They've got all of their pursuits, pastimes, passions, everything in their life seems to be in order. But when they tell their story, you'll learn that they went through a number of dark nights of the soul and it took them quite a long time to build it to that point of being secure in being able to color their canvas, paint their life and their destiny exactly how they choose. They had to get rid of all of their fears. They had to stand up to people. They had to say no to things. They had to let things go. They had to go through grief. And all of those pieces of the puzzle come together, you know, like we're saying, often bit by bit by bit over a long time to to create the true end picture. And, of course, we always keep going, don't we? Because life never stops. We're always Well, that's it. We always get a new experience. So as we have each new experience, that gives us conscious awareness of what it is that we desire. So then we make a decision of what our new desire is and then we start to work towards that and manifest that and then we get that desire and think, well, actually, I want to fine-tune that a bit. It's not quite what I thought it would be, so I'm going to go for this now. And this is our conscious awareness of, of being in a, a life that's full of contrast where we can continue to to fine-tune. We just never stop yeah, fine-tuning. There's always another level that every soul can go to. You know, even Gandhi, I'm sure he had his, yeah, absolutely. his next level of soul growth came after after his lifetime and he was really amazing. So back to vulnerability, Jane, are there any final points that you feel that we need to just really drive home to the listeners today on what's important to take away from this topic? Okay, go gently to gather your new evidence. However, be bold enough to go first. And I would say do it for you. You're not doing this for anyone else. You're not doing it to get a result. You're not doing it to earn more money. You're not doing it to win. You're doing it to honor the truth of who you really are. Now, if you don't know who you really are, (laughs) there's some work to be done there too. But it's probably in all likelihood 
everyone knows who they are. They knew when they were born. A lot's been just pushed down and suppressed or knocked out of you over the years. And, and you know, you have allowed it to happen that way. So it's about excavating a bit of archaeology of the soul, digging back up the raw bones of what makes you you, what turns you on, what makes you tick, what brings you pleasure. And it's about being fearless and unafraid in dazzling and loving and living every day of your life, sitting in your own true personal power and happiness. Wow. Beck, I can't follow on after those words. That's perfect. That's just channeled. That was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. Absolutely. Honestly, I can't, I can't follow after that. That was perfect. However, I'll try. Just in closing, is the incentive to do this is a life that is free of the fear and the pain that you're currently holding. And as you release your fear, what takes its place? Love. That's all there is. There's only two emotions, love and fear. Every sub-emotion fits into one of those two categories. So as you share your vulnerability, you're releasing your fear and you're embracing it with love and kindness. Beautiful. Thank you, Jane. I love doing this with you every Wednesday. And thank you to everybody who religiously sits down and listens to us every Wednesday morning. We love all of you too. Um, if you found us through iTunes, remember that uh, the home of Love Life is at thewellnesscouch.com slash love hyphen life. Our Facebook page, Jane? Yes, is Love Life Show, one word. So facebook.com forward slash love life show. We would love to be interactive with you. We love getting your messages. And, uh, yeah, we'll do our best to take up your suggestions of future topics and deliver them on a Wednesday podcast. That's right. So until this time next week, have a beautiful, beautiful week. Look after yourself and don't be afraid to be vulnerable. And if you want to, you can be vulnerable with us. We'll share your vulnerability. You'll be safe with us. Have an awesome week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.